Welcome to the Baila Room podcast. I recently visited the National Dance School of Canada to chat with the co-founder. She understood at a very young age that to make a living from art, you have to be versatile. We talked about the challenges of creating a school from scratch and what it takes to work in the dance business. Without further ado, I bring you the powerful Sonia Clark. All right, so we are in the National Dance School of Canada. And I uh, wanted to ask you first, uh, what was the motivation in creating this dance school? Um, honestly, in Quebec, we have great programs. We have contemporary programs, we have ballet programs, and a lot of people who do uh, sparitude, so those programs in high school where you can dance, a lot of those programs have a lot of styles. Some of them do have just ballet or just contemporary, but some of them do have a lot of styles. And if you want to do a career in arts and entertainment, which means dance companies, corporate events, commercial um, type of, of projects, video clips and stuff of that nature, mm. there's no place where people can then transition towards professionals in Quebec. Mm. You have them in other countries and other provinces have something similar. You can have like, you know, a musical theater, mm. but we don't have anything that covers a lot of different dance styles. And in the industry today, if you can't do a lot of things, it's harder to get work and to live off of that. So I was like, well, why don't we start a program where we can train in contemporary jazz, ballet, street styles, including uh, all commercial styles as well? Because if you can do that, it gives you more of an opportunity to, uh, to audition everywhere. Got it. And um, during a brief conversation yesterday on, a t on the phone, you, you mentioned um, the challenges that you're going through with the school. I think it'd be interesting to know what are the challenges when somebody creates like uh, schools from scratch and of course, the challenges that you have now? Well, uh, the challenge number one was finding space. And I was lucky enough to have two co-founders with me, Véronique uh, um, Sivigny and Christine Langston, who believed in the project. So they gave us space to work through. Um, they have a studio. And because of it, they were like, hey, we think it's a great pro project. Let's do it. So that was one thing I had mm -hmm. to work. And then putting together a program um, that has all of these different elements, because the program has, besides for the dance aspect of it, we also have a wellness aspect, because as a professional dancer, you need to know how to take care of yourself, um, whether it be cross-training with yoga or learning how to self-massage, how to come... Um, injury prevention and also to come back from an injury. So all of that is covered in the program. And our third aspect of it is um, career management. Mm. Because I remember when I graduated from Les Grands, uh, they were like, hey, you can dance. Good luck. <laughs> you know, and, and then you're kind of like, okay, what do I do now? How do I do audition? Where do I audition? How do I get headshots? So all of the elements that you kind of have to work through um, on your own when you're kind of thrown into the world of, of the arts um, are things they're going to be learning here. So, you know, just even the basic things that people don't think about, but for us as, as dancers, we are kind of entrepreneurs. Yeah. We have to um, do our taxes in a different way. We have to do them as a uh, self self promoting self-managing person. Mm. Therefore, it's not a job. It's not a salary, right? So just your taxes. What do I put in my taxes? What can I deduct? What can I, what do I have to keep? Do What receipts do I, all of the things mm. that are really important for you to have a strong career on a professional level, on a dance level, and also on a wellness level is what we cover in the program. Cool. And I think it's really important that, you know, a lot of 
programs should bring in all of these things as well. Awesome. Like we, we, we at, our, at our Latin dance school, there's a couple of preconceived notions that are out there that I'm basically trying to counter every time. Okay. For example, uh, we were very lucky now the past years uh, that there was a lot of dance shows with guys dancing. Because yes. before people thought, before I would get like 80% of calls that was ladies. Now it's pretty much even. Mm -hmm. People don't believe me. It goes, listen, mm -hmm. I have classes where I have more guys than girls. Yeah. So that's one aspect yes. that, I, that I was kind of trying to break the taboos. Mm -hmm. The second aspect, it's still ongoing right now, is that you need a partner to dance. And actually it's in reverse. It's a place where you meet partners and you switch partners and stuff like that. So people a lot of times tell me, well, listen, yes, I thought I needed a partner. He goes, no, you don't need a partner. So this, I tried always to put it out there, like with or without partners. Mm -hmm. Do you have that kind of challenge, a similar challenge for your school? Um, the, the challenge is a little bit different in the sense that uh, I think, as you said, a lot of dance programs now show that men dance. And um, there's a lot of, of studios who have um, um, great programs for all dancers. And a lot of competitions now even have categories that are specialized for solos where you have men who really create beautiful pieces. Mm. But I mean, in regards of, you, you, I said, I think you mentioned something about specialized school. And, yeah, and that's well, it, for us, the challenge was making sure that they're, they're as, as widely, they, that they understand at least the basics of as many styles as possible. Got it. So that for them, they can go out and really get work in any environment. So if they see, uh, oh, well, there's a dance company opening up uh, a new spot, well, they can audition for that. If there's a commercial that has dance in it, they can audition for that because they have the capacity. Good. If they have a video clip, it's also a different style. So, so basically your challenge is to make sure that uh, marketing-wise people understand the yeah. mission of your school, right? Yeah, and that we have a lot of different styles and it's really to make dancers that are as versatile as possible. Amazing. Because, you know, in our industry, if you want to eat, it's really important to be able to do more than one thing. Especially and if you want to eat. Especially if you want to eat because yeah. for me, it's always the basics. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, for a long time when I, when I started dancing, because I didn't have all the tools, I was dancing and waitressing, which is still a reality in a lot of in certain times, um, right after COVID and stuff mm. of that nature, or during COVID, I should yeah. say. So, but when I went to Europe, I had the opportunity of realizing, oh my gosh, I can dance and just do this. That's it, nothing else. And I was like, hmm, mm. how interesting. So when I came back, I was like, you know what? If I can't dance full time and do this as a career um, here without having to do another type of job, when I say dance full time, it means teach, choreograph, perform, everything that has to do with dance, well, this night might not be the thing I want. And I was able to do it when I came back from Europe. Um, and from a young child, my dad had me in every style possible. So that helped a lot because when I came back, I was working for dance companies. I came back and I hadn't been here for three years. So what opened up for me was commercial dance. And then I was like, okay, well, I can do that. So let's do it. Cool. Uh, you mentioned something very interesting. Sonia doesn't like to be on camera and being... <laughs> Like the, the face of her dance school. And this is kind of interesting because now she's not only she's developing her own skill. Before she told me it was about the students. I like to be in the background. And now things have changed. How do you feel about it? Um, I think the whole idea behind the school was to pay it forward. I had the, the luck of having my first career, my first job being in dance, being with a dance company, where the choreographer took me under her wing and showed me a 
explained a lot of what's happening in the industry, which was really, really helpful for me and made me jumpstart my career. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's why I opened the school, so as to pay it forward mm. and help the next generation have better yeah. tools to keep going. Amen. So that's why for me, it's like I'm the face of the school because the soon, very soon, once they graduate, the face of our school will be all the dancers we're putting out. Awesome. Now some, some random questions. Just like please, just please, because questions. you love random questions. I like random questions. Let's do it. First random question. You said during uh, uh, the, the, the practice we were doing, the class you're giving me, you said, make it jazzy. What is make jazzy? Like, what becomes jazzy? I think it's a, it's, a style, it's a style, right? If you're doing Latin, you have all of these shoulders and a lot of hips. Yeah. And in jazz, we have the same thing, mm. but there's a smoothness to it that's a little different. It's, it's a style thing. Mm. It's less like you could have the same moves in jazz, in hip hop and in salsa, and all three of them can be really distinct just because of the type of way you're going to exp express it. Mm. And the, I call it spices. So give me like a move that, that, that you would say, this is a jazzy move. Oh my gosh. Um, all of these, boom, okay. boom, hit, boom. All of that nice. here, that, you know, all of the, mm. all of the walks that are it's really interesting. I, I feel Salsa borrowed a couple of moves. I think, <laughs> you know what? The great thing about being in, in places like Montreal or anywhere that has a lot of different cultures mm. is that when you meet other people, we start borrowing and give it our, our own flavor, right? And yeah. that's what makes dance so interesting. And that's why I think that a place where you have different types of dancers coming together and doing things just creates more vocabulary, more ways of doing things. And then cre cre creation begets creation, right? Mm. So having all these creative people who have different styles, when you put them together, of course we're gonna borrow and because unless you can bend in a different way, everything's been done. But that makes it that much more interesting. I like it. I like it. Uh, th this one's just like a pet peeve question. Please. I've been watching uh, the show Revolution, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I'm, I know what's up with salsa, but I have no idea with the other dances. What's up with people in the jazz world coming on stage, dancing in street clothes and socks? <laughs> When did that happen? What makes you think it's jazz? It I don't know, contemporary. whatever. Contemporary. Yes. Contemporary or let's say jazz content like they come in with street clothes well the whole and idea socks. When the whole socks became a thing. okay the whole idea between this on the street clothing right yeah. yeah is that the idea behind contemporary is being a lot more like everyday people mm. so it's more pedestrian it's more making people feel like they can see themselves on stage the whole socks thing honestly <laughs> i'll explain really quickly yeah. it's it, it's a surface thing Depending on the type of stage you have or the type of flooring you have, if you want to turn and not leave all of your skin on the Got floor, it. you kind of need something that slides a little bit. Yeah, but I, I don't remember in, in the past people were more like uh, barefoot, no? Am I wrong? No, there are, but if you, if you do a modern class, you're yeah. totally going to be in barefoot. But doing a show in socks. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that, uh, is it a thing like modern thing or was it always like that and I missed it? Is it like a trend? I want to know. This is just for me. Maybe I won't put it on. No answer? Come no, on. and honestly, I don't. But when you were learning, when, when I was, you were no, sure there no. were socks on stage? No. But that's what I'm saying. No, there what wasn't. I, you know what? It's funny because when we started doing, um, depending on the, the, the surface of the, the stage, yeah. a lot of people who dance barefoot are dancing on what we call Marley. 
Bringer Knuster. This, the Marley, yeah. yes? So you have different types of Marley, and because of it, that's what we would dance on. Now, a lot of these TV um, sets have really weird, they have beautiful designs, Yeah. but the texture for us to dance sometimes is too hard, doesn't have any slip, so it's like you have these modern slippers you can put on. Yeah. They're not very pretty. <laughs> yeah, I saw them. And they don't always hold on your feet properly. Yeah, it's caveman stuff. So because of it, you have to find the best solution that's going to make that you can perform properly more than, okay, this looks crazy. Um, so that's kind of where I don't, I don't know where the socks came from, but it's something we've been doing in the studio for a really long time. And I guess Do you think it's, it's just translated. Like somebody that got up in the morning, got dressed and said, fuck it, I'm not going to put whole career i have worn half socks like this yeah that i I've saw just never done that on stage but th that's what i'm thinking it'd be, yeah. it'd be funny to see you on stage like that be like, oh she has a half socks of training now. yeah no i, I it's just me just watching a show i'm thinking I, I, what's up with that i think i think that you know that's when i feel like oh my god are we getting old like are we going hmm, yeah I, when in my day yeah, I, I can't say in my day because when, when i saw it i, I just go I don't remember seeing that anywhere. And it's kind of, kind of been a tendency for the past two, three years. So I wanted to ask a pro that have been bathing in that style. We do do it in studio. We have half socks mm. and we have, like I have students who dance in full socks and I like the half sock just yeah. because I can stop myself from mm. the heel, right? Makes sense. Makes and sense. I have students who can wear full socks and they're completely stable, which really impresses me because I just feel it's really slippery, especially on a Marley. But it's, it's really something that they've been doing for the last, you know, 10 years where mm. it is a normal thing. And I think that now they're trying to just, for them, it is part of the uniform. Like we used to have jazz shoes or... Mm character shoes. I feel like this is probably the new thing where this is a normal thing to do. So guys, you don't need to buy shoes anymore. So you're, you're all good. You're all good. Uh, for Salsa, I don't think no, no, no. Really because with all the spins. That'd be weird. That'd be weird. Yeah. Also, all the spins wouldn't be as comfortable, I think. Yes. You know? So. That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right, Sonia, thank you very much. Just let, it, let everybody know where they can find you. All right. So for professionals, for young dancers between 17 and 25 who want to become professional dancers, you can find us at www.endc.ca. As of December 1st, we are opening up admissions and, re and all auditions will be in February 25th and 26th. Hope to see you there. Beep.